Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. Each week, Justin and Jay take a look at a topic in the crypto and paranormal world. They focus on the Midwest and Appalachia of the U.S., but sometimes they venture out. With everything from well-known monster sightings to one-off cryptids, live person interviews to actual fieldwork sneaking in some science lessons, there's sure to be something you'll enjoy. Please join us this episode of Cryptids of the Corn. And together we are Crips of the Corn Podcast. Woo! Rise and shine and, shine and give God the glory, glory. glory. Okay. Uh, that's a joke because uh, when we go on trips and stuff, that's how I wake Jay up, is an old church camp song. Yeah. Um, but no, it's a great day. It is literally probably going to be the hottest day of the year in Ohio. I really hope it is. Me too. Oh, I just get it over with. Oh my gosh. I know last night at work was miserable. Yeah, play a Euchre tournament. I had too many adult beverages because how hot it was. Oh, God. And our AC wasn't working at full capacity. It was like 80-something degrees. I was going to say full capacity. It wasn't working. working. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a little bit, but it, barely. You literally had to stick your head in the vent to feel anything. I know. And then there was about Jeannie, our friend, and some other lady were about to get in a fight because they kept moving that little fan. Oh, and my pointing at each gosh. other. That's hilarious. I was. And I didn't like, see that. Yeah, they're like, stop moving the fan. They're like, you moved it first. <laughs> and poor Miss Pat. Yeah. Miss Pat's the only one in there that should have the fan. <laughs> I know. And she didn't complain at all. Never does. No. <laughs> Miss Pat is 98? 96? Is she that old? I think so. Yeah, she might be. Yeah, because I love that woman. Love that woman. She has to be, because she's a... Uh, we know her. Yeah, it's really her, off. Her topic. grandson is like really off. God, he's in his forties. He's upper forties. I think he's low fifties. No, no, he's not that old. Upper forties. He's in his lower forties, actually. I thought he's mom and dad's age. Mm-mm. Okay, never mind Mm-mm. then. Lower forties. Anyways, yep. back. This is a very, very, very special episode. So we've done a uh, personal story interview once uh, with our good friend Andrew. Yep. Uh, I guess, and Kyle. Kyle was an early one with his shadow people. True. But this is our first episode of listener submission stories. Correct. Uh, so we will be doing what is believed to be uh, a set of Bigfoot encounters, which I love. I, I'm so excited for. Those are my favorite. And a very, very, very rare encounter with Ooh. another atmospheric manta ray. Mm-hmm. This is another one I'm super, I'm excited for both of them. But you just don't get a lot of the, the manta ray. I would say the manta ray definitely. This would be the a debut of this encounter being told publicly. Wouldn't you say? Yes, actually, this encounter did end up on uh, on uh, a UFO website. I just seen. Oh, really? Okay. Yes, me and the guy were talking about it. Oh, nice. Okay. So, but yes, he shared it with us very early on. We just haven't. We've been waiting for basically another story so we can pair it with. Yes. <laughs> 
can't just have one little story. It's not even a little story, but it's it's just, yeah, it makes the episode better when you pair two or three of them together. Hopefully for you guys. Oh, I, I think so, but who knows? <laughs> we'll so, find out. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do the Bigfoot one first. Yep. And this is from a listener. Uh, he said I could use his, uh, a nickname, uh, Colt. We're going to just go by with Colt. Should we go with Colt or Jimmy? No, next one's Jimmy. Okay. <laughs> That's another inside joke we have amongst ourselves. Basically, any time any, yeah. someone want, doesn't want their name mentioned or you don't want your name mentioned, just call yourself Jimmy. Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. Because Jimmy Woo, yeah, worked by a hydron collider on accident. <laughs> uh, that's the weirdest thing Jimmy Woo has probably ever done. And Jimmy Woo has a lot of weird stories. I was going to say, and walked into it blindly. Yeah, got guns pointed at Jimmy Woo. Maybe we'll share Jimmy's Woo story one day. Mm-hmm. So let's start with, so Colt's story, we're going to break up into four parts because it's basically four encounters, mm-hmm. uh, and we're just going to kind of go through each one of them after. So Jay's going to read it, and then we're going to go through each one of the parts. All right. You want me to start? Yep. All right. I'm going to start in quotes. This is the email we received. My name is Colt, and I've listened to the podcast since it first started, which, side note, thank you, Colt. Thank you, Colt. That's awesome to us. All right, it's quickly become one of my favorite podcasts to listen to due to the mixture of cryptids and information about fish, which just cracks me up to mm-hmm. read that. <laughs> it's very funny to me. Justin, or Mr., whatever you today? I just Mr. E. Yeah, well, yeah. I think it's you're always, Mr. X today. Yeah. You're going up the alphabet. There we go. A wealth of knowledge in the fish world. But, all right, enough side tangents. I've had quite a few strange things happen in the woods while hunting and trapping that I feel would be of interest to the show. The first of four strangest things I've encountered was what I believe was a Bigfoot in mid-Missouri. My dad and I had decided to go hunting together since it had been years since we went out together. We would normally hunt on our own or just go in different directions. Well, on this day, we decided to stay together and hunt an old logging road on my grandma's cousin's property that I was very familiar with. We made our way to the back part of the property, which was an 80-acre plot. And at the back of the plot was an old tree stand that was almost rotted off the tree. I was sitting at the base of the ladder that went up the tree stand, and my dad was to my left. The area had four shooting lanes, one at my 10 o'clock position, one at my 12 o'clock position, one at my 3 o'clock position, and one at my 5 o'clock position. So try to get that visual in your head. Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. After about an hour or so of sitting i saw a black round shape stick out of the side of the tree that was in the shooting lane directly in front of me i raised my rifle to get a better look through the scope and the creature's head was a dark brown color with a slight green hue to it that's interesting well i got a comment for that but keep going all right take note there um i lowered the rifle and looked over to my dad to see if he noticed it which he didn't and by the time i looked back the head was gone I was extremely calm during the entire situation until I got back to camp where it suddenly hit me that I may have just saw a Bigfoot. After seeing, after seeing it, I get random, I get, hold on, let me start that line mm-hmm. over. After seeing it, I got randomly anxious when I'm in the woods, but there's other times I feel extremely calm. I never told my dad about the sighting because he's a firm disbeliever when it comes to anything cryptid related. But he told me an interesting story when he was bow hunting on a piece of uh, 
conversation. Oh, converse. Con, what's that word? Conservation. Conservation land. Okay. So let's Typo. pause there. Yes. Okay. So Colt's first probable encounter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never doubt anybody's story. Yes. But that is one thing that makes me super believe his story. Is it had the green hue? Yes, because that is a very not common but not rare thing that gets reported by some, uh, what do you want to call this? Um, frequent viewers. You know, we talked about the brown property and stuff like that. Yeah. Where they have, that they sometimes grow algae on their fur because hmm. uh, they're wet a lot and stuff. It, people think of sloths mostly for that. Yeah. But there are other species. Uh, some bears have that happen. Interesting. Okay. And it's just a weird, awesome thing that I don't know if... He, I didn't tell him that. Yeah. Like, I didn't even tell him I was going to bring that up. I just thought it was such a little detail that I think he probably didn't think of whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But that, he remembered it. That meant super cool to me. Yeah. That it just gives a... More life to the the thing he's seen. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. More, uh, I want to say like to the story or yeah. just it gives it more credibility. It's just such a weird little note that wouldn't mean anything to anybody else. That wasn't paying attention. Right. It doesn't, you know. Right. But uh, I know some elk uh, do that. Depends on what part of the, the world they're in. Okay. Uh, and this is Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of swamp out in Missouri. So there's a big chance that, you know... And uh, I don't know if Spanish moss is in Missouri or not. Ooh, good question. But that's one, too, that can get caught up in fur. That's more, it... Isn't that more in the south or not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, yeah. So, yeah, we can move on to Colt's dad story, unless you have a comment for the first one. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. I didn't think nothing of the green hue. Mm-hmm. I didn't, not, but I'm not as... Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. As you are with It's that. such a weird little thing. That probably doesn't mean anything to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But the second I read it, I was like, well, that's such a cool little detail. I think if I have any comment, I think it's pretty cool he saw a black shape. And then we looked through the scope. It had a, like a brown hue. On the head. On the head, yeah. So there was a lot of variation when at distance mm-hmm. it just looked black, you know. And then he started, right before we, we stopped, he started talking about between feeling very calm and very anxious mm-hmm. in the same woods mm-hmm. at different times. Which is a good uh, indicator that... You're aware of something being there without or, even knowing That's it. one way to look at it. Yeah. The other one for me was infrasound. Mm, okay. Is it maybe when they're present in, present in the area, mm-hmm. they're kind of sending out a low frequency that it just kind of bugs them. And when they're not there, he doesn't feel it, so he's calm. Yeah, doesn't even think twice. Mm-hmm. That's, that is kind of cool because it's almost like a subconscious reaction. Yes. I Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So where are we at? We're at his dad's. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Where did I finish off? Okay, so he um he's this is his dad he's talking about Colt's dad. He said he was sitting in the tree stand when all of a sudden uh, the woods went completely silent after a few moments. He said it sounded like an elephant running towards him through the woods, but it stopped before he could see whatever was making the noise. Then all the normal noises of the woods returned, and he never heard the thing making all the loud noise leave. That's pretty interesting. Yes, so that is another Bigfoot thing. Yep, I'm into a T. We and actually had a uh, guy at Salt Fork kind of describe that same encounter. Yeah, the same thing. And it was his first time ever experiencing anything like that. And we, I'll say the same thing we said to him. 
a lot of times what they'll do is they'll come in if they already know you're there. They'll come in making all this ungodly noise to scare you off, mm-hmm. and then when they're done, they just—it almost seems like they melt or they disappear. Yeah, and it's because they can be as quiet as they want and as and loud. Lou- loud as they want. Mm-hmm. You know, there's large animals. Mm-hmm. If they want to be loud, they can be loud. Yeah, but when we talk about their foot morphology, uh, there's that giant pad. You know, it's like a cat. I've watched mountain lions and tigers. I mean, you go to zoo, watch a tiger walk, and actually listen. To what they're stepping on, you don't hear it. Mm, okay. Uh, and that's, you know, a four or 500 pound cat. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's I mean, they'll step on dry leaves and not make any noise because it's like a big sponge they're walking on. It's like ninjas. Mm-hmm. Is Bigfoot a ninja? Kind of. Interesting. Except what? he wasn't a... Uh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Samurai. Never mind. <laughs> okay. I'm I was sh- going to say a farmer. They got pushed into fighting. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Yeah. Or was that ninjas? I don't know. One of them was a farm is a farmer class. Hmm. They got pushed into fighting their government. Probably ninjas, I would assume. Yes, because all their weapons are based off of farm implements. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, That's samurais what it is. are like warriors and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were... Ninjas were all, if you look at all their classic ninja weapons, they're all basically farm implements. Ah, like a ninja star is just a... I don't know. A, uh, I don't know. A modified... I think that's a newer blade. one. But uh, what's the the three blade ones that you put in your hands? Oh gosh, I don't remember. Anyway, that's for root and tubers. What root and tootin' what? Root and p- pulling up stuff like potatoes and stuff like that. Not potatoes. Oh, but it's literally for pulling roots out of the ground. Tubers. You can't just say potatoes because I don't think they had potatoes. <laughs> okay, root and tubers. That's just funny. But yeah, it's like literally it looks just like the farm implement. Man, I just want to put down a t-shirt, though. Root and Tubers. Root and Tubers. That's a, that's it's a, fun to say. That's a minor league baseball team. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, so, my God. Next okay. part of Colts Encounters. Okay. Oh, I was going to mention, oh, yes, too. Sir. Um, with that, his his dad's account of... Being super loud and then... Being super loud and nothing, or almost like a bluff charge. That's what it sounds like. It was charging, charging, say, and then just stops. But what he... He didn't see anything. That's right. the crazy thing. He saw nothing. And that same account we had in Salt Fork. So when we were in Salt Fork at a conference just talking to pe- people, were just coming up to our booth and, you know, visiting with us. And this is I'm speaking to the for, to our listeners here. Um, this, what would you say? He's a hunter, right? Just yeah, he was a big hunter in the Big area. hunter in the area, mid-Ohio, um, probably in his late 50s, I'd say, mid, mid to late 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, but just came up to us kind of. Right out the door. He walked straight over to us. And just started asking us questions about, like, Bigfoot, you know, whether we believe and stuff like that. And then he started sharing what he just happened to him. It sounded like recently. Mm-hmm. And he had a look he of, seemed, like... Yeah, shook up. Shook up, distraught, eyes wide, but he was really studying our reactions to see, like, if we believed him or thought he was just a crazy nut. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he felt like he might have been crazy, but he wanted someone to just... He reach. wanted the verification that he wasn't crazy. Yes. I know that feeling. Because that's what we felt after mm-hmm. our encounter. And it took you how many years to talk years. about it? Yeah, exactly. And the way he came in, and he went straight to us, and like you were saying, we validated mm-hmm. his experience and his feelings. Yeah. And then he left. And he left. He didn't go to anywhere else in the conference. He literally walked straight over to us. And I think it was, I don't know if it's because our banner has a big, big foot in the middle of it. Right, yeah. Or something like that. And then he got his validation. And he was out and of Then it, he left. Which is awesome. But I didn't know he left. You were the one that pointed that out yeah, to I'm me. I'm like, but. man, he walked straight out the door. He did not want anything to do with this conference. Mm-mm. He did not like Bigfoot. It sounded like it. 
and because Bigfoot seemed to really have bothered him deeply, it seemed like it scared him. And I get the, I get it. You know, mm-hmm. it it messed it messed everything up for a while for ours. But his encounter was he heard like he heard noises off in the distance, and then he heard just like his Colt's dad said something charging like a buffalo through mm-hmm. the woods, charging, charging, and then it just stopped. And he never got to see the thing. He said it stopped like 15 feet from him, and he still couldn't see it. Right, yeah. And that's what bothered him. Yeah. Is it like, I could see a deer from this point, but this thing sounds, like you said, a buffalo, and I don't see anything. Mm-hmm. Which would freak me out. I mean, that's like poltergeist activity. Exactly. And you're in the woods, mm-hmm. you know, it's that's creepy feeling. So I can see how, in this situation, it's almost similar, uh, what's that? It's uh, that classic Bigfoot behavior. Behaviors, yeah. Uh, where we, we've seen it, which... It, to me, gives the story or the encounters more validation. Exactly, yeah. Uh, some people get weird when people start hitting, like, all the big Bigfoot things for mm-hmm. a story. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the smells and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this story doesn't have any of that to me. Right. It's just, he's given these little tidbits that may not mean anything to him yet. But hearing it from the other side is like, well, that's definitely a Bigfoot behavior. That's definitely a Bigfoot behavior. Because it overlaps mm-hmm. this and that. It doesn't overlap everything, but just certain little right. details you know. Yeah. You got to watch for the stories that are like, well, I smelled him, and then he threw a rock at me, and then he went, whoop, whoop. And then I heard a tree knock and mm-hmm. yeah. tree snapping and breaking. And and these are over, I believe, I don't know if he mentions or not, these are over years as we get into other parts of his story. Okay. These aren't like in a week. Right, yeah. Two, two days in a row. Yeah, so four stories over probably a hunting property he'd been on most of his life is not very often. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right, let's go to story number two from Colt. All right. The second strange thing I've had happen in the woods while, um, while hunting was on the same property as where I saw the Bigfoot creature the first time. I was hunting about a quarter of the way up the uh, logging road for my previous encounter and decided to sit into a tree and just listen. I sat there for five minutes, maybe, before the woods went silent. They stayed silent for a few, for a few, maybe a few minutes, but I was hard to tell because there was this, I was straining my ears to hear anything. Sorry, that's for the paper's a little blurred. Oh, the dog got the paper wet. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's all right. Um, okay. When I started to hear a deep sniffing noise, similar to that of a dog when he's hunting something. The sniffing noise sounded like it was right in my ear. I'm used to the sniffing noises. Um, I'm used to the sniffing noises. Squirrels sometimes make it um, when they're busy doing squirrel things. And this just wasn't the same. I was hunting with my muzzleloader, so I was scared that if something was there, I'd only have one shot. The sound only lasted about 10 seconds before the noises of the woods started to come back. After a minute or two of normal noises, I cocked the hammer of my gun and started to turn my head around um, the trees to see if something was there. Luckily, nothing was. I never heard anything walk up or walk away from the backside of the tree. And that really puzzles me because the sniffing sounded like it came from something big and would have been impossible for it to sneak up on me due to the surplus of dry leaves and sticks. This event bothered me the most out of all the things that have happened. Yeah, I, it would bother. It would terrify me. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, it's right up on him. Here's a question. I yeah. mean, do you think it's possible we could almost, I don't know, I, w- I want to say like, you ever been in a place where you just, it echoes and you can hear something far away even if it's quiet? Or, yeah, like I know what you're talking about. sound kind of bounces weird? I don't think this is that. Because it's in the woods, right? Yeah. It's almost it's, impossible? Yeah. Okay. And he's tucked in against a fallen tree. Okay. 
Uh, so it wouldn't, it, the echoing wouldn't be as loud. I think it was right on him. Hmm. And the woods going silent. That's the thing, yeah. And that is another. See, he's hitting a lot of Bigfoot stuff without, I think, he, you know, realizing he's hitting a lot of Bigfoot stuff, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Colt, Colt will talk to me uh, after this episode comes out yeah. with thoughts and stuff. Um, but it seemed like it knew he was in the area, mm-hmm. but didn't know exactly where he was. Mm-hmm. And then once it kind of got. <laughs> Oh, 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 he's really, really close. He's I got to like, get out of right here. Right there, yeah. And then once again, we we're talking about the silent moving in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people that actually get to see them in the silent moving say they almost look like they're gliding. Okay. Uh, their hip structure is very, very different than ours. Yeah. Um, which is just evident from people that actually get to witness. Uh, every, uh, you look at the Patterson-Gimlin film. Yeah. If you believe Patty's real, mm-hmm. which I am of the believing I that agree. Patty is real. I agree. Same camp. Yeah. She looks... It looks so weird. But you gotta remember, she's walking on loose stone and all that. It's just... They they move a lot different, more mm-hmm. you know, than we do. We we try to put a lot of human characteristics on them. Especially when they have a human-like... Yes, they're very human-like build. and very, but very, very human... Different, I guess, is the word. <laughs> yeah. uh, very unlike humans. There you go. That's better. But that sniffing, that would absolutely terrify me. Yeah, that's... I mean, sniffing alone, like he said, just sound like a dog, you know, sniffing for hunting but and you, stuff. you know he's looking for him. Exactly, yeah. Or looking for something, and he's the something. He's yes. the only thing there. Everything else is silent. Right. And then the silent. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. I don't want to skip over it too bad. That... These people that have these real, I didn't get to experience that. Mm-hmm. But these real encounters that the woods go silent mm-hmm. would be terrifying. Right. If, if you've ever sat out in the woods, and it's never quiet. Never quiet. If it goes silent. So I have been around wolves and I've been around a mountain lion. Well, wolves, the woods will go quiet, but never the insects and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. all the birds will stop. All, you know, the squirrels, obviously, and stuff are going to stop. Because that's a predator. Mm-hmm. Bigfoot is something different. Because mm-hmm. it's everything. Bugs and all. And some people even go a little more and say that it's like the wind and the leaves stop, you know. And that gets into the beyond, Bigfoot and beyond. Yeah, more, the more ethereal yes, realm things. Which I'm not doubting. It just, to me, that's the scarier of when we start getting into Bigfoot experiences. When the woods go silence... That's a scary encounter. I don't care what happens after the wood goes silent, mm-hmm. but you already know something's not right. Something's off. Yeah, that's to me just this. Like, and he said that's his, probably his scariest encounter, the one that bothered him the most. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is such a, I'm sure, such a a weird feeling to just be sitting there and then nothing. And, and I've heard people describe it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That deep, big lungs of something trying to find him. Mm. And, it, and that's the scarier thing. I don't know what he thinks about. It. Was it trying to find him or trying to avoid him? Right, yeah. It sounds like he was probably trying to avoid because it didn't do anything with him. But it didn't know where he was. Exactly. It, which I'm saying, like, yeah. It knew he know. was in the area. Yeah. So it's trying to locate and then. So did oh. it just pick the wrong direction? Yeah. Which is not... Did it smell the sulfur of the muzzleloader? Oh, yeah. Uh, muzzleloader gunpowder stinks. Yeah. 
I only know because I'm allergic. Oh, okay. So I know when I smell it, it's, I got to get out of there. Right, yeah. But, you know, most people don't pay no mind to how stinky mm-hmm. a muzzleloader is. Is there any chance that it could have projected its sniff? Like, you know how they do, oh, you've heard of, like, mind speak. Yeah, so I don't think in this encounter... Is there such thing as a mind sniff? I don't think so. I think, I personally, I think it was trying to avoid him. Okay. It wasn't trying to sniff his brain for information? No. Uh, the, the mind speak seems to be a little more direct. Okay. <laughs> Anything else to add for that part? Uh-uh. That's a, that one's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good little encounter, too. They're all too. amazing. All right, encounter number three. The third story happened on the same logging road as my other two stories. I was squirrel hunting, and I was just slowly wandering down the trail when something started running away from the trail about 40 yards in front of me. It was a creature a little smaller than a horse and was very dark in color. A little smaller than a horse. Right? (laughs) Yeah. It's a huge thing. Um, I couldn't see many details because of the small saplings in the way, but it looked nothing like a deer, and it didn't move like a bear. When it ran, it almost looked like it glided through the woods, but it made tons of noises as it ran. I'm not sure what it was, but it made me not enter the woods for a while. That's hmm. another one. The gliding, like mm-hmm. I just said earlier. Yeah. They don't seem like they move natural. Yeah, like almost like an elliptical yeah. machine. They just look like they're going. Yeah. Like I, I, Some people describe it as they almost look like they're floating, even though they see them walking. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't. They're so it's it's a different mode of locomotion that's hard for our brains to, to understand. Yeah, it's almost probably a little smaller than a horse. Made me laugh the first time I read it. <laughs> like that is not small, <laughs> just a little. I mean, a little small, a little smaller than a horse. So, you know, a horse is anywhere from eight hundred to you know two thousand pounds. Right. Exactly. Uh, so six hundred pounds if you want to go on the small side, a thousand pounds if you want to go on the big side. Right. Yeah. And. It's just a great story. It's just, or not story, experience. Yeah, there you go. We have, uh, our good friend Andrew, if you guys listen to that episode, story doesn't give these things credit. Experience is what they really are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I try not to use story, but I I know I slip. Oh, uh, yeah. I think you have good intentions with it. Mm-hmm. I think some people use it uh, to discredit it. True, yeah. But, uh, yeah, just another thing. He just... I don't know how he kept going back in the woods. Right, yeah. Do you think it was a, not this, maybe the same exact Bigfoot, but I wonder if the area. Well, let's save that to after we get through his story. Okay. Because that may be a cool thought, train of thought. Let's get all the information. At the end there? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure if there's anything there that I noted. No, no. I think we covered it. Okay. Okay, the last one. Last weird um, thing was finding deer skulls on top of small trees towards the entrance of the logging road. I've previously previously mentioned so many times. The skull was an old sun-bleached, was old and sun-bleached, but it seemed really strange to me it was on top of a tree, mm-hmm. about 10 feet off the ground. That concludes all the weirdest things I can remember happening in the woods. So, hmm. another Salt Fork Bigfoot conference thing. Yeah. Is that that one guy came up and told us he kept finding skulls, uh, nose and antler down, like upside down, flipped upside down. Yep, yeah, uh, kind of stuck into the ground. He's stuck, yeah. stuck. He's you know it was. He said it was definitely stuck because mm-hmm. it was like sitting by the, either the nose or by the antler. So it was intentionally put sh- there, put there. Yeah, but his are on trees and stuff like that, and I've seen that other places. Hmm. And so now, for your train of thought, yeah, this seems to be an area of frequency. Yes. 
And like I said, Colt, this is probably over years. He's only had these real four or five things. So they're not bugging them a whole lot mm-hmm. and vice versa. But I think there's a lot of activity there that maybe not seen mm-hmm. in these Bigfoots. Are just I don't know, it's, it's it's just a weird mix. They're not super aggressive. They're just, just kind of there. Yeah, as far as we know, his dad may have had the uh, a bluff charge. Correct. Yeah, and I kind of wonder if it's well. You got the the stuff we talk about with these weird borders that they kind of set up. Yes, um, with the deer skulls and stuff like that. But uh, this would be a question. Colt doesn't want to come on the air, and I completely understand. So I may ask him off the air and update later. But did he ever cross that line with the skulls, or was that on the front of the trail? You know, I'm kind of having trouble painting that picture in my head. Right, right. And if he does, what happens? Yeah. Does he have? Is that when he has an experience? Is it when he goes past one of these things? Is he happens to catch him on the trail like he did, or? Mm-hmm. But it seems like an area of frequency, and I don't know if it's a special. I don't know much about Missouri. Me either. Um, I've been to Missouri a couple times. I've only driven through. It's like Ohio, as far as I could tell, but wet Ohio. There you go. Um, <laughs> wet Ohio. Mm-hmm. So I know Missouri has a lot of ground foliage for food. So this is a seasonal feeding area. It seems like all of his sightings happen during hunting and trapping season. Mm-hmm. So are these a northern family Sasquatch coming down to Missouri to winter? Mm-hmm. And they just happen to have a big enough area where they can hang out. And Colt and his family are just kind of catching them on the edge yeah is it a breeding ground is it something like that it seems i don't so to answer your question earlier i don't think it's all the same bigfoot okay i don't think i think he every i really think every encounter he's had so far is a different bigfoot okay gotcha they all seem to have different behaviors yeah including his dad i think his dad ran into probably the the big guy like the big male so is it possible it could have been like a family or a... That's what I'm going to say is I think it's probably a family units area. Yeah. And when we talk, and this is all speculation mm-hmm. on Sasquatch research, this, I think they have a loose family group. I don't think it's as tight as we are or gorillas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even, sometimes I don't even think they sleep in the same area, but, you know, like I think they kind of move together still. Yeah. So I think he's just catching glimpses. I think the two he... So the one he's seen with the gun uh, was probably an older one because of the green algae. Yeah. That's what I'm going to call it. Um, I'll follow that. And the one he caught in the trail is probably a young one. Like a, a young, young one. Hmm. Even though it's big. I mean, mm-hmm. they're always big. Right. Uh, uh, but it seems like the ones that get caught on these trails... Because that's a... that's a, a not Nothing with Sasquatch is common. But a more common thing is that, like, a lot of the salt fork stories mm-hmm. are catching them on trails, and they always seem to be the ones under seven foot. And it's always, like, kind of far ahead. Yeah. And because it's the lazy, it's the lazy kids. Yeah. That are using the people's trails. Mm-hmm. But you use people trails. You get seen by people. Yeah. Yep. And what else? What else am I thinking? The sniffing seems like a, uh, I know I'm putting a lot of characterizations that's not there, but... It seems to be more of a wary individual. Okay. And I'm betting it was a, a either an adult female or a juvenile. Hmm. Just scoping things out, maybe? Yeah, just kind of moving to the area. Oh, yeah. he's around here somewhere. I know he's around here. Yeah. It's just a, it's an amazing story. Experience. No, all of them, yeah. All four of them. Five of you count as dads. Well, true. Yeah, yeah. All. Yep. And so, so what are your thoughts? What do you think? I mean, I... 
I, it feels authentic to me. Oh, I, I, I believe everything that he said. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I mean, I agree with you on, I say about everything you're saying, or at least I can accept, I would accept it, but yeah. And that's all, that's all speculation. Right, right, right. But they seem to, every encounter he had seemed to be different in some little way. Mm-hmm. Uh, including, I'm including his father's. Mm-hmm. His father really screams uh, bluff charge. Yes. Adult male. Yep. Because we've heard that same mm-hmm. thing multiple times from people who obviously haven't heard this story or right. haven't heard that guy's story, you know, but yet they're still telling the same story. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's, some Bigfoot researchers don't like that. Mm-hmm. I love it because it's uh, cumul- or a cumulative behaviors. Mm-hmm. When we start looking, if we look at it just like any other animal. Like, a, yeah, from a biological yes. lens. Survey and you standpoint. want that, you need that. Mm-hmm. That proves stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is how the, this is how this individual of this species reacts. Right, like a moose or a buffalo. There you go. You know, you know, you walk too close to a buffalo, they're gonna get you. But if you're just, you know, you stand. That's why all the signs say, you know, thirty meters back, they're not gonna come bug you. Right, you're right. But the second you cross the line, they're different animals. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, get, you get stampeded. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's just amazing to me. Yeah, I, he is a braver man than me. It's going back. Yeah. And notice how he didn't say anything about smells. He didn't say anything mm-hmm. about actual, what we uh, what we uh, think of as uh, infrasound. Yeah. Never got sick, you know, no rock throwing. Right, yep. And it does seem like a very, I don't want to say docile Bigfoot from all the, from all the stories we've heard, mm-hmm. but it does sound like one of the ones or it, whatever that, it ain't a hawking hills bigfoot i'll tell you that oh yeah why you say that well, they're mean okay <laughs> it yeah it sounds like some it didn't sound like he was in danger at all ever. i agree it just sounds like scary oh, still oh very because it's, it's something you don't not getting ripped apart day. by a gorilla doesn't <laughs> mean the gorilla was not aggressive it's still terrifying to be in the woods with a gorilla exactly but it shouldn't be something where it doesn't seem like it's something where it's trying to keep him away or it's trying to yeah i Warn him that you should not be here. Or I will kill you. Or something. I agree. I don't see any of those behaviors that right. we we uh we put to that. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But still, I'd be careful. Don't cross that line. Right. And that's what we always say. Bigfoot is not your friendly forest giant. Yep. They are whatever you want to believe they are. I think they have animalistic behaviors. Mm-hmm. And you cross the lines, you're going to get got. <laughs> yeah, you get got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, like we just did a couple weeks ago, the missing four on one. Mm-hmm. With in relation to Bigfoot, I think some of them got got. Yeah, I think a small pop or small proportion of this one is that Bigfoot line that you got got. Exactly. Like, look at the Bigfoot over there. Let's throw a rock at it. That would Jack be Link's jerky Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah, I think I can't remember. They they threw something at it one time, and then it threw like a moose at him. Right. Yeah, something huge. Yeah, I vaguely remember that commercial. Oh, we just did Port Lock. Oh, there you go. And that's the exact opposite, I think, of Colt's encounters. I, I agree. Is when you cross a Bigfoot too many times. You get... Well, listen to that confetti. Yes, listen to that episode if you haven't yet. Listen to People Confetti. <laughs> there you go. Turn that the, should have been the name of the episode. People Confetti, yeah. Brain putty, pe- body confetti. Mm-hmm. But, Colt, I want to thank you. Big thanks. Uh, I am very honored. And every time this happens, I get very honored. That somebody picked us to share their their encounters with, mm-hmm. their thoughts, their feelings, to entrust us with it. Um, 
and it's amazing. It's amazing encounters. It didn't, oh, I love it. The more this gets out, the more of these kind of stories get out, are the better we can build an understanding of actual Sasquatch behaviors mm-hmm. and other cryptids. And and hopefully it helps people get more comfortable and to share their story. That's the big thing. Yeah. Is that I didn't, for me personally, from personal experience, we never talked about it because we thought we were crazy. We thought we were crazy. Mm-hmm. Until I heard kind of the same stories. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm like, when somebody else described this, well, act, a better one example is my shadow person story. Yeah. Once I heard that explained to me from the outside, mm-hmm. it made me feel a hundred percent better. You weren't didn't feel that, crazy. Yeah, because it's it's like somebody is describing it to me, something that was undescribable to me. So they had to see it. Right. And you didn't tell them that, right? You know. Like, uh, so is that this that's what these help. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you said, it really helps when somebody's out there. They may have had you know the disappearing sniffs. Or something like that. These non, I think they're non-common behaviors. Right. Well, it could even happen to someone and they totally they unaware know. of like, well, that was weird. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And that's, what, I think that's how Colt's Encounter started. Mm-hmm. Is that, well, that's weird. Right. And then, okay. Start putting pieces mm-hmm. together, especially happens more than once. Mm-hmm. Some things add up. I wonder uh, if that would be a potential... Uh, Bigfoot research area. You ever been? In, I mean, we never explored Missouri ever. We never I've been really there looked. for a fish conference. That's it. Yeah, I went to Kansas City, Missouri. Interesting, and that's and I will tell you, Kansas City, Missouri is a lot better than Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, okay, a little less flat. No. Oh, oh, the crime rates. Oh, gotcha. They're very different cities, even though they're the same name. Yeah, well, they're the same city, just right on the border. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. They're very different cities. Didn't know that. Kansas City, Missouri. Very nice. Kansas City, Kansas? Very bad. Okay. It'd be like Lima versus Finley. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Only about we know that or anyone around here knows that. I know. Um, but uh, I'll take that. I'll take notes there next time I vacation to Kansas we have City. Both, yeah. We have both Lima and Finley visitors or listeners. So I hope I didn't offend anybody that lives in Lima. <laughs> yeah. I think they know. I think they know too. If you live in Lima, you know. <laughs> exactly. It's not, a, it's not a secret. It sounds like 4th of July every night. Yay. <laughs> Nobody buys any fireworks. Just Yeah, just no fun colors in the sky. Yeah, there is sometimes. Oh, yeah, if you like red. <laughs> <laughs> but once again, I'll say it one more time. Thank you, Colt. Oh, yes. Thank you, thank you. Big thanks. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else to add for Colt's story? Uh, I think we covered it pretty well. And yeah. And I, then I loved it. Cole, if you have anything to add to our thoughts, if we missed or misinterpreted uh, something, uh, please reach out after you hear this, and we'll make any corrections or fixes we have to. Yep, we'll update. Yeah. Be fun. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we're moving on to a different cryptid, a uh, different listener submitted a story that is very near and dear to my heart for other reasons. They're both amazing, mm-hmm. and it's really... <laughs> This one, we're going to call him Jimmy. Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. But this story that we're about to do, he reached out. So I'll tell the story of how he reached out. Okay. We released our atmospheric jellyfish episode in Ohio River Manta Ray. The Ohio River Manta Ray was not a manta ray in the Ohio River. It was a giant atmospheric creature that was flying over the Ohio River. 
and then went it back up in the atmosphere. Flying above the trees over the yes. harbor. So really not like just over the water. Right. It was not a manta ray jumping out of the water. Right. Like some people misinterpret the story to be. Mm-hmm. He reached out to me, said that is the first time he has ever heard something like he encountered. Mm-hmm. And then gave me this amazing, amazing encounter. Which we will read here shortly. Yes. I mean, to me, this is like, I've seen Bigfoot and I don't need to see it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a lot of reasons. <laughs> right. But fear being the biggest yes. one. <laughs> this is one that is uh, one I'd love to see. I'd love to see it every night if I could. Yeah. I don't think there's any negativity with these. At least not yet. Or nothing that we can Yeah, <laughs> point I mean, they to. could be eating people. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think they could fly back up if they did, though. True. All right. Please start with Jimmy's story. Okay. And I don't think it has it in here, but this did take place in Kansas. Mm-hmm. So Jimmy starts with, back in around 2001, 2002 time frame, a friend and I was laying on the hood of a car talking and looking up at the night sky. We were talking about the stars and personal relationship type stuff. It's a clear night in Kansas. Oh, they did mention it. And the stars were very visible and the moon had a good amount of light in the sky. As we were talking, we both paused for about 30 seconds as we saw something very large flying gracefully just above the tree line. It was flying low and slow. Or shoot, I messed that up. It was flying slow, and its wings, in quotes, moved like that of a manta ray. So that kind of almost gentle flapping is what it seems like. Yeah. Uh, It's very hard, and if you haven't seen a manta ray, look up a video of how they swim, Mm -hmm. because it's a very unique form of locomotion. It's almost like a... Not that they're waving their wings, but... It's weird. It's it's hard to explain. They do not swim... Stingrays and manta rays... Do not swim the same whatsoever. Okay. Even though they kind of have same builds. similar bodies. Manta rays kind of fly. They have actual, what you'd classify as wings. Mm-hmm. These giant, almost plane-like wings. There's, yeah, like big With very flaps. slight movements mm-hmm. to move forward. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a wave going over them. Yeah, there you go. That's the best way to put it. But it's, it's very hard to explain. Just look up a video of a manta ray swimming. Yep, take five seconds. Pause it. Look up man ray swimming. All right, you're back. All right. <laughs> um, the front of its head, and I'm in quotes, was slightly longer than that than what a manta ray's head is mm-hmm. like, but it moved slowly as well. It made absolutely no noise and produced no wind that should have disturbed the trees only about thirty feet below it. You could see through it at the same time. Wait, you can let me read that. You could see through it the same as looking through clear gelatin and make out the stars on the other side of it. I thought maybe I was tired and my mind had imagined it. I feel tears welling up in my eyes due to the awe-inspiring event that happened, but brushed the thought aside. I looked to my friend sitting next to me, and she was bawling and asked, Did you see that? I asked her if she saw something flying too. Um... Yep, okay. I tried to be as vague as possible to make sure we saw the same thing, and it was. Mind you, it was in Kansas, where no, where no, nowhere near a body of water. And we'll bring that back up. We had him had a, a conversation about that. Okay. Um, closest river was about 50 miles away. Its size was close to, a, of an, close to an airliner, but maybe a little smaller due to depth and perception. Mm-hmm. Completely silent, though. And the movements was very creature-like, not that of something man-made. So, first comments, 
the flapping. Mm-hmm. No disturbance on the trees. That's pretty amazing. That points to an extremely, extremely light creature yes. for being that large. Mm-hmm. And which is what we've talked about before. These atmospheric creatures have to be built extremely light. That's why more they get called jellyfish. They're not jellyfish in our conventional understanding, but they are a globule species, and I think they actually have uh, gas-filled cells. Okay. So, like, we've seen some kelps and stuff like that. Okay. So, even though they're humongous, yeah, most of their volume is, is gas? actually gas. Oh, well, that makes sense. And that's why the flapping isn't how they're actually moving up. Mm-hmm. It's just steering. Mm-hmm. So, they can... It takes very little for them to steer. I was going to say, you think it was just probably riding a current or something? or Yeah, uh, probably. And it probably got pushed down due to a storm, mm-hmm. uh, which we, in my opinion, if you look at a lot of these, start looking into these possible UFO that are atmospheric jellyfish, that seems like they're either always, when they're seen as either before or after a storm system moves through. Mm. So they're getting knocked. It's the same thing that like vultures and stuff do. They ride the thermal waves. Mm-hmm. So it seems like maybe it's messing with them. Interesting. Especially these large, this, I'm going to call it this species. Okay. And I'm trying to find more of this manta ray shaped species. Okay. But it's amazing. Yeah, All it is. inspiring. Like he said, we talked about it. It's like when some people see the first time they see a, a whale. Yeah. They cry and they don't even know why. Mm-hmm. It's because you're in the presence of something so large and presumably peaceful. And your mind just can't... It's just amazing. It's yeah. literally awe-inspiring. It's not something not you see some, every day. Yeah, not many people get to experience something that's truly awe-inspiring to mm-hmm. them. Uh, and then the water. Because I brought that up after. And because I think another thing is they come down... I actually think they lay their eggs in the water. Okay. And he's there's nothing there. Uh, in his part of Kansas, there's nothing there. And I believe it's there's nothing there. I looked on the map. Hmm. It's just, it's just Kansas. Right. Yeah, there you go. And both stories happened very close to each other. They did? Kansas, Wait. Missouri. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Missouri, duh. These, the story we were talking about earlier. I was yeah. thinking of another atmospheric. No, the other one was the Ohio River Manta Ray. Right, right, right. I was, that's why I was like, what? And it, was it feeding on something? Maybe it came down to feed on insects, hmm. which I think the Ohio River Manta Ray was, was doing. Was doing, the, right. Giant, these giant figure eight patterns is a, a, what open ocean filter heaters do mm-hmm. but it's just truly amazing then it started just went away yeah just went back up just kept going yeah that's what i don't know how i would react it is kind of an odd feeling how people do get emotional or i mean have you been around a boeing 757 uh i mean i don't think so what do you mean is so, that like just a big passenger plane yeah that's the airliner i think he's referring to is that like one you fly on normally yeah. Okay, then yeah. Yeah, okay. sure. They're normally six seats across. Okay. Oh, the big ones. Okay, with the double row seats. Yes. Okay, or double aisle. Yeah. Well, I've not been on one, but I've seen them. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so that's what I think he's describing. Okay. So roughly, we looked it up. It's roughly 130 feet long. Big. And roughly 100 and, I think it's 110 feet wide. Okay. Uh, very large. Mm-hmm. Uh, manta rays are the exact opposite shape. Not exact opposite Exact opposite proportions. They're, They're wider. wider than they are long. Right. And I think I think his is wider than it is long still. Mm-hmm. But at that size, it's hard to tell. Exactly, yeah. You're looking at a swimming mountain or flying mountain. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and it just, it's just crazy. I love the story or the experience. I, I would like to wonder too, uh, 
how you're saying they get pushed down by storm systems and stuff. Mm-hmm. Would, would they get pushed down during the storm, before the storm, or after the storm with the pressure changes? See, yeah, it's either, I, in my opinion, it's either before or after, never during. Mm. See. So basically how it works is the storm is a bubble. Okay. So imagine a bubble moving through. Yeah. So there is that edge before and that edge after, depending on which type of storm system it is. So I'm trying to do this because it's not a visual thing for the podcast. Right. So this bubble is moving. As the bubble moves, it either pushes stuff above it or below it as it goes through. Okay, that makes sense. And the same with the back. It's either pulling stuff down or it's lifting up, depending on which type of storm system it is. Yeah. So as this bubble moves, it's either knocking these things out of the sky Hmm. or it's pushing them way up and then vice versa on the back end. Right. Ah, because we just had a big storm pass through here. Yeah. I wonder if it'd be worth, you know, sitting out at night. Well, it might be. Just to scope, you know, anything in that area that might have got pushed down is still... That'd be fun. And I think a lot of UFOs are these. That's something I've subscribed to. I think a lot. Year. I think a lot of UFOs are these guys. Yeah. That are not. And I've, uh, well, like we just talked about, it was uh, the Willard UFO. Mm-hmm. The original Willard UFO was described almost manta ray shaped. Mm. That was, you remember that? Yep. That was see through with all these lights. Yeah, the red, the three lights on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's all kinds of. Um, Oh my gosh, I can't remember. There's an Upper New York one we're going to do next season that I haven't told Jay about yet. Oh, okay. I think it's one of the biggest UFO things that nobody talks about. Like, mm-hmm. UFOlogists don't really talk about nothing. But it had thousands of sightings every night. It wasn't the, like the Long Island. Was no, it Long Island? No, I can't think of the name of it. I have it written down. Okay. But I think they were, I think it was a bunch of them either breeding or something. Yeah. Because they've seen a bunch of them. But they all looked the same. And they all looked almost organic. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, there you go. And it's hard for people. I've shown you stuff like cyanophores and stuff like that mm-hmm. that you look at and you can't recognize as an organic thing. Right. Yeah. It looks like a ball of nothing. I mean, yeah. it's junk. Gross and like sewage. Yes. But <laughs> it's actually complex living creatures. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of these UFOs are these guys. I think they have bioluminescence. So I think that, uh, when we're seeing some of these UFOs that have weird lights and stuff like that, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's... It could be organic. Yes. Yeah, which is nuts to and, think about. Yeah. And they have such complicated light shows and stuff like that. Like, uh, what's the the Battle of Los Angeles? Oh, yes, yes. I think that may have been atmospheric jellyfishes. Hmm. And I think they were shooting them out of the sky because they didn't know what they were. Yeah. That'd and, be... Let's... Um, we might have to dive into that one There's a lot. deep. Yeah. There's a lot. But, uh... There's a whole bunch of these UFOs. The more, if you look at them through a different light, they make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And it, and if you're not convinced, I'm telling you, Google a cone jelly. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one of an animal that doesn't look like an animal. Yes. It looks like a spaceship. Yes, and it literally looks like an underwater UFO. Mm-hmm. It, and it's, everything it's posted on, like Jay found, it was posted on all kinds of UFO pages, mm-hmm. saying this is some kind of unidentified UFO. Has, and Jay showed it to me, and I was like. That's a cone jelly. Yeah. And there it is. That's sure enough. Yeah, yeah. It They they just don't look real. It, yeah, that's the best way to put it. But they are. Mm-hmm. They're biological things. It looks like someone attached an LED like light strip to its back and then is like, yes, running look, all these functions. That's a, that's a good point. Like is the they, RGB. Like the, oh, it's got yes. all the... Yes. They look... The light shows of these natural creatures do not look natural. No. They look like an LED they strip. They look like programmed light strips. Exactly, yeah. One uh, we did our original episode... Uh, for the atmospheric jellyfish was about the butterfly squids. 
Mm-hmm. Or no, lightning, lightning, fly, or firefly squids, firefly squids. Oh, it wasn't butterfly squid? Maybe it was. Um, I don't remember. I think either. it was firefly squids. We'll go back and check. But they look like circuitry. Mm-hmm. There's thousands of them, and they all start doing it in the same pattern. So you, they literally, uh, there's old explorers that would go over, like in wooden ships over at the schools of these breeding, mm-hmm. and it freaked them out. Oh, yeah. Because it looks like you're on, it, I mean, think about it in the, 18, or the 1500s. Yeah. The ocean's it, coming alive like beneath you. Yeah. Imagine like a circuitry board then lighting up underneath the ship. Right, right. In these patterns and stuff like that. No wonder they wrote about sea monsters. Oh, yeah. They probably had all like, sorts what of... What the heck like, is this? Yeah. Put it in the book. Hurry, mm-hmm. record this. How do you explain that? Well, with cool pictures like I mean, you they, see yeah they, they it's why i think they made a lot of those cool pictures yeah because they couldn't explain what they were seeing so they just made the closest thing very well so but i mean at the same time that means i saw something you know yes i agree there's always something mm-hmm. but just truly amazing and out in kansas yeah i know so random right the home of nasty storm systems Ooh. now you're putting some puzzle pieces mm-hmm. together so it might have got pushed down i think it really did yeah and uh, well, where was the uh, Crawfordville monster? Oh, gosh. Crawfordville, was it Illinois? Illinois or Indiana, maybe? It was one of those two. Yeah. And that was something that sounded like a xenophore. Yeah. I mean, because it, they had so much trouble describing that thing. Like, it looks so freaky. What's a xenophore again? The colonial organisms. Oh, that's right. Okay. They don't the look... The tube. The tube. Uh... Some of them are tube. Like, some of them yeah. don't... They look like guts out of a computer. Oh, okay. They don't look real. Yeah. Like, it's weird. They're hard to explain as a living thing. I know. I, I know we discussed it on a previous episode. Yeah. So if you want to look it up. Cyanophores. It's a cyanophores, yeah. Uh, they, they're every shape, size, color. Interesting. What? Anything else to add for? No, that's a great story. I still like, you know, it's. I like the emotional part of it because it just makes you wonder why, you know, that... And I'm triggers so glad, that response. Yeah, you know? I'm so glad he got to see it with somebody else. Oh yeah, definitely. Because that for him himself is so much better, like of a feeling. Well, I think he would probably never shared this had no mm-hmm. one else. You feel like he was crazy. Yeah, probably never shared it with anyone. So it helps, you know, mm-hmm. just having even just one person. That's all it takes. That's in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's I can't get over how. Amazing. That is definitely a cryptid I would want to see again and again and again. Mm-hmm. There's not many. Right, 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 right. Most cryptids don't have the best background. There you go, yeah. Yeah, because they're, they're I don't know, normally supernatural almost. Yeah, most of them are, are apexes. or And can be very, yeah, scary and intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like but, the dog but, man, the friendly dog man. Yeah, good old friendly dog man. Just go up and there's, say hi, pet no him on the bad, head. There's no bad stories about the dog man. Nope, nope. Give him a pet, sell him a good boy, and you, you'll mean, have a great time. Yeah. I mean, we just did, like I said, we just did Port Lock about Bigfoot. Right, yeah. That was pretty scary counter. But I would love to go there. I would yeah. love to go there. You and Dawn on the Facebook page wants to go. Really? Shoot, I would go. I'm telling you, I would go. I don't want to be people confetti. You can you can wait out in the boat and no, because they so I told you they pulled people out of the boats. Oh, okay. You can get in a little um, what's those little lightweight flying things? Ultralights. You can hover around an ultralight above us, circling around. No, thank you. Unless you get a rock thrown up at you, you would be in trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
or just paraglide around, you just know? Just paraglide around. We'll drop you in off a plane. You no can watch you. from above. I'm good. <laughs> but anything else to add for Jimmy's story? Oh, no, I loved it. Loved it. And so glad he sent it into yes. us. Yes, he sent it in a while ago, too. Right, I yep. felt bad it took this long, but... It's all right. We got to it eventually. We're, bu- we're busy telling these stories, all right? There's a, Yeah, <laughs> we've been very busy with moves and yeah, you all have kinds for sure. of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, Colt. Thank you, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll thank you both personally here in a little bit. Yep. Um, and once again, if anybody has stories they'd like to share, I don't care if they're ghost, if they're paranormal, if they're cryptid, if you want it shared, you can e- either message me personally on Facebook or email us, and that is the hardenbigfoot.com. Spell that for them, please. H-A-R-D-I-N, and then Bigfoot, B-I-G-F-O-O-T. All, all one word, all lowercase. Yep. At Gmail, right? Mm-hmm. At gmail.com. And one of these is a Facebook, and one of these is a email. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are very honored to share them. We will. I'll never doubt anybody's story. It's not what we're here to do, right? Um, and then you know, if you ever like, I offered to both these people they'd like to come on the show and share their story. Neither one of them wanted to, which I completely understand. Yeah, we don't mind. But I, that's always an option. Yep. Yeah, it takes a little longer to plan though. A little bit because we're getting ready to start getting interview heavy. Yep. We have a whole book. Of interviewees. And we're very excited. Yes. Hope you guys are too. We are. And I hope you guys are. Um, but yes, once it, just just thank you. This is amazing. It is. It's stuff that would never get shared. And I feel like a lot of stories die with people. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And definitely they do. I think shows like this, uh, Monsters Among Us is probably the best one I can think of. Yeah. Uh, Eric's show, uh, Uncomfortable. That's how we save these stories. Yep. To look at, you know. We're preserving them. Yes, I th- it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And we give our two cents. You know, they're probably just as wrong as they are right. <laughs> right, yeah. But that's neither here nor there. Yeah. But anything else to add before? Um, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm i just so happy. Thank you, guys. <laughs> it really is awesome. It's an awesome feeling. <laughs> I'm just so happy. I'm just so happy. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll catch you. I think this comes out... Monday. We'll see. I think it comes out Monday. <laughs> I spoke it into reality. There you go. So we'll see you on Wednesday with something else. There you go. That way I don't get too... <laughs> little teaser. Yeah. All right, guys. You've been listening to Cryptids of the Corn. Be sure to join us in the next episode where we tantalize your intellect and expand the horizons of your mind. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we really appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Until then, stay magical. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.